These streets, staying alive can be murder. You're going to be all right, man. All he wanted was a better life. Are you asking me to marry you? You know I quit the pochos for us. But for friendship. You come back to help us get the barrio, mano. And pride. I'm telling you, homeboy, I'm going to smoke you and your whole set. Cut the gun. Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And today we're here to talk to you about a movie from 1989 called Crack House. Starring... I don't know. Jim Brown? <laughs> Anthony Geary? Uh, Angel Tompkins? Richard Roundtree? Well, you might as well just list the whole cast up because there isn't really a main character in this. Cher Butler? If anything, it's Cher, maybe. She's been she's in the majority of the movie compared to everybody else, but um, and yeah, uh, Clyde Jones is BT, and Albert Michael Jr. is Chico, and Heidi Thomas is Annie, and Kenny Edwards is Tripper, and Joey Green as Buzz, and John Green as Officer Baylor, and T. Rogers as Jammer, Louis Riviera as Jesus, Willie Hernandez as Lou. Actually, it'd be Jesus. Yes, really. Um. Greg Thompson as Rick Morales, Jacob Vargas as Danny, Michael Matthews as Teddy, Derek jo- Derek Goog as David. Yeah, there's a lot of characters in this movie, but who's the director in this one, Randy? Um, you said it was Death a- Spa's own Michael Fisher. Oh, well, there you go. So what Crack House is, I guess, about is you'd have to basically start out with what the movie starts out with, which is. There are two gangs fighting over territory. Then one of them ends up going to jail and a new guy comes in and takes over the entire territory called Stedman. And the rest of the movie is them taking down Stedman, the cops with some of the people who were arrested. That's the best way you can sum up what happened. Yeah, but you left at the whole part where <laughs> the movie's actually about... Um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. The beginning of the movie is the two gangs, but it's actually... That's the backdrop to this little love story of two poverty-stricken it's not really teens a love story. who, who want to break out of this town until one's cousin is killed and they get sent to jail because they, they they take their revenge on the rival drug gang. Which is what causes the whole... And then a descent into drug use by the girlfriend who's played by Cher, whatever the hell her name is, uh, Playboy Playmate. Yeah, well, when she's in the movie, the other guy who is her boyfriend kind of disappears for like 20, 30 minutes out of the movie. He's gone for a long time. They don't ever go back to him. I don't know why. Yeah, the movie is just... It's an after-school special. Done by canon films. Done by canon <laughs> films in an exploitation film style. That, that's, so what's your general uh, impression of this film? It's messy. That's my general impression of the film. There's a very straightforward movie in here, but that's not what we get. We get a, a bunch of vignettes that could have been trimmed down and should have been trimmed down. And it kind of goes over, it kind of repeats stuff a lot. It kind of lingers on things too long. And because of that, there's characters that disappear for a long period of time, like we just mentioned. And because of that, it's very hard to sit through and watch in in quiet, basically. You're always wondering, what, where did everybody go? Wow, you're going to say something? 
No, I was actually about to bring up the plot summary from um, IMDb just because it actually will make it, things make more sense well, than our terrible one. Rick and Melissa are a pair of young lovers hoping to get out of the slums for good and escape the poverty and crime their families and friends have gotten involved in. Mm -hmm. All this comes to an end when Rick feels he must rejoin his old gang to avenge the killing of his brother by a rival gang. It's actually his cousin. Yeah. Uh, in the course of getting even, Rick is arrested, leaving Melissa without anyone to protect her. She falls in with a crack dealer and quickly becomes addicted to the drug. When she gets sold to a drug kingpin by a minor deal to pay off a debt, only Rick can save her. Well, it's like just that the, sounds more straightforward than what happened. There is there is a kernel of any type of story there. You could have had an interesting crime. Like okay, so my impression of this movie is is that it's boring and it's messy, and that there is a kernel of a good story in there, but that's about it. Well, that's what I said before. Is you read the plot synopsis, it sounds like this is a very straightforward movie, but it's not. That's not. That's what happens, but eventually that's what happens. It doesn't happen in a particularly well-paced order let's put it that way remember when you were like no we have to see this film we yeah. must see this film we have to see it and i was like eh, i don't want to put any effort into it because it doesn't look like my type of film and it looks bad mm -hmm. and then we watched it and what was your highlight of this film i like the action sequences when there were action sequences in the beginning and the end i didn't like how there was a long period of time where there was nothing really happening which was pretty much everything after the beginning and uh before the ending there like i said this would have been a much better movie if it was actually paced out better because i don't i don't know what they were thinking but like there's a character in the movie called bt who's the crack dealer and he just sort of disappears from the movie after a point and there's literally a scene where he said yeah i'm going off to vegas or something and then that's it that's pretty much the whole movie it's just random stuff happening so my highlight of the movie is after rick is uh, released from prison because he's going to help the cops, he mm. roughs up BT, sets his van on fire with gasoline, and as he walks away in a cool guy moment, the van explodes and they play three chords of Spanish guitar. Oh, yeah. And that's my highlight of this whole film. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty good moment. Uh, like I said, that, that's pretty much the action in the movie, the most canon aspect of it. I mean, even... Almost as it, almost like it's inappropriate for the actual film they were trying to make, yeah. uh, in a way. And even then, my low light of the film is, um, well, I'm not going to say the whole film. Ha <laughs> mm. um, Is the action that they have is jarring with the rest of the film? Mm -hmm. um, doesn't it doesn't make much sense for a, a, like for what's going on, and it's mm -hmm. not really that well directed or choreographed. Or there's nothing. It's it's very messy. It's not a very good-looking action sequences. But this isn't an action film. No. This is actually a... It's supposed to be an exploitation-style film, but it's more, as I said, an after-school special that is trying to be more serious as, mm -hmm. as a girl falls in with a bad crowd. You know what this actually does remind me of? It reminds me more like a 1980-81-era canon movie. It really felt more like it, one of those older ones they, they did before they really got their footing in the mid-'80s. So what's your low like, light? Well, my low light, I already pretty much set it up about a hundred times. The movie's too messy and it takes too long to do anything. It's and messier it, than this podcast. Well, there's too much, there's too many scenes that don't really connect. And when they do connect, they take too long to connect. Like there's repetitive scenes. There's one scene where he goes to visit Steadman. That's after he gets released from prison. And they say, come back tomorrow night. So, okay, he leaves. And the that, next scene is them showing an unrelated character going somewhere. 
And then the next scene is him back the next night. What? Why? And then they go, okay, now come back tomorrow night. And then they cut away to another character, and then they come back the following night, and the movie climaxes. Well, that's that's the whole point. It's like they felt like they were trying to get to 90 minutes, but it would have been much smoother if they didn't do that, because it, it just leads to a lot of scenes that don't matter. They don't need to be there. And that's the biggest problem with the movies. It's too messy, and it's too all over the place, and it takes a long time to get anywhere. So now gather around, children. Let me tell you a tale of the movie Crack House and how me and JD, our watching experience was before we proceed to our uh, our rating for this film. Mm-hmm. We sat here and watched a YouTube rip of it that miraculously appeared the day of, well, sometime last week when we were trying to figure out what to watch. It's like, oh, wait, Crack House? We haven't been able to find it? Sure, we'll watch this film then, mm-hmm. I guess. That was weird. And then... We watched it, and within 10 minutes, we started talking about mini consoles, uh, um, anime, uh, video games, um, emulation. We started to not pay attention to the movie because the movie was uninteresting. It takes, like I said, it takes too long for anything to happen. And when stuff does happen, leading into my score of the movie mm-hmm. it wasn't very good i have to give this movie a one star because it's just bad and pointless and like i said my big bigger issue is that like it would have been more easy to watch if like i said there was some sort of a direction to the movie kind of feels like it's the endless. director fell asleep maybe when he was directing it that's that's my problem with the movie uh, i'm not gonna give it a one because it didn't like uh, annoy me so i'm just gonna go with a two but i i agree that there's really nothing here it's not really worth seeing it's I, I just can't recommend the movie. That's why I'm at well, a one. There's no, I'm not going to recommend I, it either. I honestly think there's a reason why this movie is not available mm-hmm. uh, that easily because it's not a very good. Yes, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> likes this film. He likes to show it off, but it's well, not my, a very good film. My controversial opinion in that is I think it's one of the better movies he's recommended. <laughs> That's hey, something. I like Manos, The Hands of Fate. Ugh. But this movie is just awful. It's, yeah. it's just not, there's nothing redeeming really about it. Even if you're coming in here and you're like, ooh, nudity. It's like, no, it's no, th- everything it's, is just mean. It's, it's like, like I said about the movie. It feels like an early, like canon when they started. And this is the sort, this is the period where uh, 89, they didn't put out really many movies at all. They didn't even put out any movies in the holiday seasons, whether the Christmas season or the summer blockbuster season. They didn't have anything coming out. And this was the year after they had, uh, like, Bloodsport. So they didn't have anything like that. This was the year we had Kickboxer. Yeah, but they didn't put that in, like, the summer season. They didn't put that in the winter season. They didn't really do anything. There wasn't a whole lot. And that's why this season uh, is the first one we're technically doing 1989 and 1990 because there's not enough movies in 1989. For some uh, reason, it's probably because they were running out of money at this time period. Uh, This was the level that they were at. It was, like I said, it's kind of like they went back words to the early 80s it feels very much like a, a movie we would have watched around that time period this movie in its first weekend i haven't been able to find a budget because nobody really cares about this movie and puts information out on it mm-hmm. but this movie made over its first weekend two hundred thousand dollars like a little over that mm-hmm. its entire run eight hundred thousand dollars a little over that yeah it might not even been in major theaters i don't know but like i said this time period they weren't doing that well and like like I said, in a couple of years, they'd be uh, they'd be out of here. But well, I mean, when they they have a season, uh, a, a year where they put out two gore movies, and then and this, it's not a very well. Good they didn't year. put out 
they didn't put out two gore movies. They put out one. We just forgot to cover the first one. Oh, but, right. Sorry. Sorry. But like I said, it's, it feels like at, at this point, they're kind of, they're reduced to going they're, back the, to where they are. They're on from. the wane. It's like every time you, you say that, it reminds me of earlier canon. My brain goes, huh, I wonder if this was a remake of a, uh, of one of their films from, uh, where are they from again? I can't, I can't remember the word. What? Uh, they used to do Israel? Israel? Israeli films, yeah, like oh. the, the, that that type of uh, film uh, making, like uh, like lemon lollipop or whatever, lemon popsicle yeah. becoming uh, yeah, last American virgin. I don't think they 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 do they've done any more of that since around that time period though. But it feels like it could have been something like that because that's the sort of level of movie this is. And like I said, the so far this this season, the the biggest highlights have been the Van Damme movies. Because pretty, this is Van Damme on the rise. It's pretty clear. Like I said, he was he was definitely going places. And like I said, we only really have one more Van Damme left. And part of the reason that one is a canon movie, but it wasn't released by canon, is because by the time it was time to release that, they didn't have enough money to put it out. So another company had to do it. Oh, and you want to know why this makes it feel like a uh, after-school special? Why? Especially makes it feel like this? Why? Spoilers, huge spoilers here. The main supplier mm-hmm. for Stedman, the gang leader, mm-hmm. is Melissa's school guidance counselor. Oh, A right. rich upper middle class man that who was... sells drugs to, after his advisor, no, don't get into drugs. And then when she does, he, he basically rapes her. Or no, he does rape her, not basically, he rapes her. Well, we don't know. All for all we know, he could have just taken her clothes off to stare at her like a creep. We don't know because they didn't say anything. But the point is, that's something that they would have done in one of those movies. And the other thing is, and that goes with the other complaint, is that the character might not as well have been in the movie. Because that's literally all he does. He's the guidance counselor part. That part, he's, and he's a creep. at the end. There's no point for him to be there. He might this, as well not even be Melissa, there. Melissa, I advised you not to go into drugs you had a good future now take off your clothes before i'll give you this crack and he's cocaine. literally in those three scenes and that's his entire he might as well not even be there because they just figured they should have a character like that he shoots a guy at some point yeah and that's at the end of the movie when he he gets killed by the drug dealer he's working with like you said there's that's the, that's <sighs> the level of the movie we're working with there's so much to it that just doesn't work and i guess that's what we should leave it with crack house from 1989 doesn't work like the drug dealers in this film, they don't work. <laughs> they just don't work. And I guess that's it for this one. There's not really anything else to talk about. It's just a mess. Don't recommend it. Skip it. And with that... Uh, but yeah, it still gets a two from JD. Yeah, because it didn't make me mad. It's not the exterminator. <laughs> no, it made me It made me bored. And making Randy bored for a 90-minute movie. Did we mention that? A 90-minute movie yeah, uh, a is, is a fatal sin because there was nothing... Yeah. Interesting. That's why I don't recommend it. But like to me, to give a one, it has to be something that actively makes me mad. And there are movies that do that. And that's to me the opposite of a five, which makes me happy, makes me feel better, makes me up. This would have to do the complete opposite and bring me down. This didn't Never forget, JD, that I break it down as Mm -hmm. five is that it's a perfect movie, an awesome movie, an excellent film, has to be seen. Mm -hmm. Four stars is, yeah, no, it's a really good movie. You got to see this. Three is like, ah, it's okay. It's like, it's watchable. Mm -hmm. Two is like, I don't like it. It's like, eh, I'll watch it if you want. It's not that good. Mm. And then one is, no, this movie is absolute trash. It's awful. It's bad. There's yeah. no redeeming qualities. Don't watch this film. It's not a worthwhile there's, film to watch. There's no reason to watch this unless you just, like, I guess, Richard Roundtree, and you just want to watch everything he's made. But even then, I'd say, you could probably skip this one. 
oh, there's no probably about it. Just skip this movie, people. <laughs> Don't watch it. Even if though it's on YouTube, somebody please take it down so that nobody has to watch it ever again. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's nothing really else to talk about with that one. And with that, 1989's Crack House just doesn't work. <laughs> I'm Randy. And I'm JD. And this was another exciting episode of The Cannon Cruisers. We'll see you next time, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. We're Cannon Films, and we're Dynamite. He lost his freedom. Tell me what's new! Has anybody touched her? And lost his girl to the man who rules the streets. Don't you do nothing I don't tell you to do. He's got my girl in his house. I think I can help you bust him. Maybe we can cut a deal. Now, he's getting even. She means that much to you. Yes, she does. I think you and I are going to get along real well. <laughs> hit him and hit him hard. Crack House, the hottest subject in America.